in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, hello. I'm looking at all the networks once again, uh, still freaking out, uh, jumping up and down about the Mar-a-Lago, this, that, and the other thing, the affidavit, the warrant, the special master, the judge, the magistrate, uh, gar- all that stuff. And you got to keep an eye on it because this is uh, judicial, more than judicial overreach. This is oppressive tactics on, uh, this is the weaponization of the Justice Department. This is really, really bad stuff. But as I uh, methodically and quite frankly, very beautifully laid out last night, this is all a scheme to help Democrats in the midterms, to hurt Trump, to hurt us, and possibly to take Trump out as a potential foe in 2024, not because of these documents, but other things that are going on. All right, real quick, number one, why are they doing this? Why now? Why now? All right. Hey, actually, before I go into all that junk, let's make sure we all know, we all know. Let me see if I can do this by heart. I came up with a special little mnemonic device because – this is all very much Wag the Dog. I know you've heard about wag, the, the Wag the Dog movie from the late 1990s, you know, when, when politicians desperately try to change the subject. And the Wag the Dog point, they made it a lot in the 90s and then the early 2000s, Then everybody forgot about the movie because it's not that good. But um, I actually, it's relevant all over again. And I want to do something with the name Wag the Dog, something that's useful, Okay. First of all, listen closely to this if you can. This is the trailer for Wag the Dog. It's a it's very well cast. Anne Heche is in the movie, I believe. The late Anne Heche. And who else is in the movie? Uh, De Niro and uh, Dustin Hoffman. So, you know, no, no, this is a big picture, a major motion picture. All right, listen up. Does it sound familiar? Cut 28. The crisis in the White House. What's the crisis? And the president's top advisors have been called together. Oh, jeez. The sexual misconduct occurred inside the Oval Office. With the election only days away, how much will this scandal affect the outcome? Now, Washington's top spin doctor... We can distract the press for 11 days till the election. I think we got a chance. ...has an idea. We can't afford a war. We're going to have the appearance of a war. All right, they want to distract everybody by coming up with a war. Not a real war, the appearance of a war, they say. They're, gonna, they're going to uh, design one. They're going to actually design one on a movie set, all right? This is the same thing. They want to take everybody's attention off the uh, chaos that Joe Biden has created in America and the woke left. It's crazy stuff. But if you can get everybody talking about Trump, uh, then they have a chance. Now, I still I can't help myself. Trump is a fascinating character, and this is a crime that the— um, that the Justice Department, I believe, is carrying out, all right? This is, <laughs> they're out of control, and I can't ignore it. But, number one, the top priority is to remind everybody, We do we really need a reminder? You know, I mean, we know how screwed up everything is. I think they underestimate the American people, that somehow we're going to be dazzled, distracted by the latest thing on MSNBC. Who cares? Most people don't do that stuff, all right? So... Nevertheless, we got to uh, got to do something before the midterms, and I think this is a pretty decent reminder for everybody. Okay, so wag the dog. I have updated it to 
wag Joe Chaos Biden. Can you remember that phrase? Wag Joe Chaos Biden. Now we call him Joe Chaos Biden. Wag Joe Chaos Biden. Wag Joe Chaos Biden. All right, so here we go. It's an acronym. Every letter stands for something in Wag Joe Chaos Biden. I came up with this yesterday. Let me see if I got it. Wag, the W, is the woke stuff. A in WAG is for Afghanistan, all right? Remember a year ago today, we got out of that and ruined the country, lost all those service members. W-A-G, gas prices, all right? WAG, W-A-G, WAG, G is for gas prices, WAG. Now does it take us to justice, or I'm sorry, Joe, Joe Chaos Biden, Joe. Joe, J is justice, Uh, O is oppressing, and E is uh, his enemies. Justice, the Justice Department oppressing Joe's enemies. Who am I talking about? (laughs) Those poor slobs who (laughs) happened upon Ashley Biden's diary, okay? Paul Manafort for not paying taxes about some contract he had in 1987. Uh, Michael Flynn being set up in a perjury trap. All right, all these things that they have been doing against anybody affiliated with Trump. It's not, if you look at the list, it's not an indictment of Trump. It's not, it's not, he's not exposed. They are. The longer that list gets, the more it implicates the Justice Department. So the justice oppressing enemies. Now, that brings us to chaos. Oh, gosh, what was the C for? Corruption? (laughs) There's a lot of good... Crime! C is for crime. H in chaos is for hunter. Um, A? (laughs) I came up with this list. Uh, What the hell was the A for? Um, Antifa? Uh, No, no, no. All right, let me skip ahead to Biden, all right? B, border. No border. I... Uh, inflation out of control. D disunity. Disunity. Didn't he talk about bringing us together? He said his whole soul was in this. Uh, e would be energy dependence. We are dependent on everybody. All right. We <laughs> Saudi Arabia. We had to go over there, ask them for oil. And uh, the N. Uh, I went back and forth on this. I'm going to call it no law and order. No law and order. Now. Back to chaos. Uh, the O. You know what the O was for? An, uh, obscenity. It's an obscenity that children are having this uh, gender nonsense thrust upon. Look, that stuff right there. Oh, A was approval rating. Joe's terrible, abysmal approval rating. If you can tell me what the S is, I got it all except for S. <laughs> um, but that's one hell of an agenda right now to get out there and vote the Democrats out. And... In the meantime, if you're twiddling your thumbs and not doing much this Memorial Day, I'm, not, I'm sorry, what is it, Labor Day weekend, and you go around the cable news channels and it kind of freaks you out, even Fox News, even Fox News and the ultimate in pompousness, uh, what's his name again, Britt Hume, boy, oh boy, what a pompous guy, he's always been pompous, and you know, the, somehow he's the authority, he is an authority on things swamp, and he's one of those guys who, you know, is routinely horrified by Trump. And a lot of the, um, you know, the conservative intellectuals who really want this about them, not us. All right. They want to be driving the agenda, not Trump. And Trump, what does he do? He reflects the people. He reflects us. You know, in this whole loan thing, loan forgiveness, I, th- and I saw an interesting figure. Sixty two percent of the American people didn't go to college. And what does that mean? Sixty two percent of America most likely has a no-kidding skill. A lot of those people in the 62% actually know how to do something. 
That's impressive. You know what's impressive to me? Quite frankly, I'm dead serious. And I don't know why Ralph Cramden gave himself such a hard time in the Honeymooners. Take a look at a bus. Just take a look at one of those things. Could you drive one? I was a fighter pilot. I could not drive one of those damn things. What about an 18-wheeler? I couldn't do that. What about cleaning windows? Are you kidding me? What about building a building? Those construction guys. These are skills. Joe Biden, what is it he does? What is it he knows how to do? Smile? Brag about how many black people he knows? I mean, what is it that he brings to the table? Zero. And what about uh, his boy Hunter? Even worse. All right? Less skill and more hang-ups. All right? At least we can say this about Joe. He doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke. Did you know that? He's a teetotaler. His dad always said. No, his dad always didn't say anything. He's always making stuff up about his dad. So you got to remember the key issues, okay? Wag Joe Chaos Biden. Uh, Wag Joe Chaos Biden. Can I get that? Is this a thing or not? I did it. I unveiled it last night. I can't tell if people will be into it. I think it's a pretty handy-dandy thing. Oh, now they'll come back to January 6th. All right. I'm looking around right now. I am a pretty good... I have a pretty good read on people. I, You know, I can just... I'm a normal person myself. I'm in the world. I haven't seen a normal person ever talk about January 6th. The only time I ever hear about January 6th is from some liberal on the Internet. That's it. MSNBC. That's it. Nobody talks about January 6th. And by the way, why not? Because we all know what riots look like. 3,000 of them. I, there was one, and you, you know what I mean, all right? Black Lives Matter, you can't turn the table on us like that. No way. And can we get off Lindsey Graham's back? You know, I'm not a Lindsey Graham fan, to be honest. Uh, he's, he's, all, eh, he's had his moments. There are some, some things he's done in the, uh, in the Congress that I liked. He really stuck up for Kavanaugh. That was beautiful. Matter of fact, I may play that. Matter of fact, Lindsey Graham is actually okay. I take it back. Why am I giving him a hard time? And what he said here is totally reasonable and totally um, he's on it. He's right. He's not wrong. What am I talking about? Listen to this. Cut 39. Say this. If there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information after the Clinton debacle, which you presided over and did a hell of a good job, there'll be riots in the streets. Okay. He's not wrong. That's okay to say this is still America. That's an assessment. It's not a threat. It's not a threat. It is a fact. That will happen. It doesn't mean I want it to happen, all right? It's just like if Joe Biden lost the election in 2020 by, say, 10 points, and we all knew by 9 o'clock on uh, Tuesday night, election night, You know what? There would have been riots in the streets. How do I know that? (laughs) Everybody from Saks Fifth Avenue to uh, Starbucks to uh, your house, they were boarding up, getting ready for the riots. Look at it. I I showed video. I showed all kinds of videos from all across the country. People boarding up their businesses and homes in the days before Election Day 2020. Why? They were afraid about riots. Now, why would there have been riots if Joe Biden had lost? They were expecting riots. 
they were expecting Ryan. I was thinking about getting out of town. I wasn't calling. I was totally for Trump. But I could tell you right now, any reasonable person could say that if Joe Biden lost like decisively and it was undeniable and we all saw it, there would have been riots. That's not. Stop treating us like we're children. Stop gaslighting us, all right? You guys, you little, you think you can fool us, Joe Scarborough and that bimbo you sit next to every day, all right? You two are the worst. You two, by the way, all of you, there are so many, look at the Republicans, look at the people who are representing uh, the Trump world, because, you know, you on paper, you have to have ideological diversity, at a TV station. You got to have a little bit of it, right? So who do they have? They got uh, Trump hater Chuck Scarborough. Used to be a Republican congressman. Now he hates Trump full time. But hey, you see, we're diverse. We have uh, ideologically, we have a Republican. Uh, let's see, who else? has uh, Nicole Wallace, who is, uh, talk about, I'm sorry, talk about a, <laughs> uh, all right, I wouldn't say anything else. It was probably bad enough that I called Mika, you know what. I'll just, but Nicole Wallace worked in the administration of George W. Bush, all right? Helped George W. Bush come up with new and clever ways to lie about weapons of mass destruction that weren't in Iraq. And now she has a TV show, just like Joe, you know, full-time Trump bashing. Full-time. Uh, what are the? There are only a handful of uh, Republicans on TV, and they all seem to hate Trump. David Brooks. You ever catch him on the... Is he still on the News Hour or whatever they call that show? I haven't seen it in a y- twenty years. When it used to be McNeil Lair, he's still on that show. Okay, he's he, he he's NPR's version of a conservative. Now there's Mick Mulvaney, who's a very smart guy, but he 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 got burned by Trump. He doesn't like him anymore. That's why he's on CBS. Oh, and Chris Christie, uh, Chris Christie, who totally screwed Trump, uh, totally screwed Trump. Now. He knows how to make nice on Trump, but Chris Christie, gosh, what a, he is all out for Chris Christie. And I understand, look, I'm all out for Greg Kelly, okay? But I I know (laughs) you got to have respect for people. You got to have respect for the process. You can't, and what he did, oh, that's a whole other story. Should I tell it now? You want to hear? The big beef I have with Chris Christie is what he did to all people, (laughs) Mitt Romney. In the run-up to 2012, there was that horrible hurricane. I think it was, was that Sandy? It was Sandy. And Barack Obama comes to New Jersey, and they're hugging and kissing, literally. And Chris Christie goes on the Fox and Friends show, and he's totally taken with the attention. Remember, there were people who wanted him to run for president in 2012, Chris Christie. And um, he's just... He's just besides him. His ego is bigger than, you know, he is. And (laughs) how big is... So what happened then was, uh, oh, yeah, so he's hanging around with uh, Obama for like a day and a half, you know, flying on helicopters, going to those phony briefings, all that stuff. And then they ask him, I think it was Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends, "Uh, do you plan to talk to Mitt Romney anytime soon? And he said, I don't know, and quite frankly, I could care less. I'm like, wait, what? What the hell did you just say? He says, I'm not going to play politics. This is too important. Well, at that moment, Mitt Romney was perhaps four days away from becoming the president-elect of the United States. All right? Unless Chris Christie knew something, all right? (laughs) That there was no way for Romney to win. And I just thought, man, this guy. Don't trust him as far as I can. And nobody can. 
throw him. Anyway, I just, that guy, that guy. And he's in large part responsible for Chris Ray being the FBI director. I'll get to that dirtbag in a moment. Is dirtbag too strong? I actually don't think so. I actually don't think so. I think that people who work for the swamp, who work for themselves, when they pretend they're working for us, I think they are dirtbags. Dirtbags. Eh, still, I haven't heard. Nobody. Mm, that sounds very 1978 to me. I got to come up with a new pejorative. Scumbag. No, that's too mean. That's just too. All right. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Should we do a quick review? I don't want you getting discouraged by all this Mar-a-Lago stuff and talk about affidavits, okay? I just don't don't go down that rabbit hole. You got to do it a little bit. I want you to be conversant in it. I need to be conversant in it. But the real issues, the real issues, they are uh, Joe has absolutely nothing to be proud of. Actually, he should be deeply, deeply ashamed of what he's done to this country. And my quick little ne- mnemonic device, and I think I got it once and for all, is ready it's WAG Joe Chaos Biden. Joe Chaos Biden. Anybody can remember that. And then you got to WAG him. WAG him. WAG Joe Chaos Biden. All right, let's go. Here we go. Okay, I hope I can do this. Uh, WAG W is for woke. A is for Afghanistan and our horrible withdrawal. Uh, G is for gas prices. Okay, that's WAG. Joe, the Justice Department has been oppressing his enemies. Joe. Justice Department oppressing enemies. It's not supposed to do that. You get it? All right. That alludes to Mar-a-Lago. It alludes to hassling Paul Manafort, uh, General Flynn, and a lot of other things. Okay. Russia, 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 all that nonsense. Uh, Chaos. Okay. Here's the one that gives me a little bit of trouble. Okay. Um, C is for crime. H is for hunter. What's the A for? <laughs> it's not, is it Afghanistan? Uh, no, I already said Afghanistan. I'll get back to it. O is for obscenely thrusting uh, this transgender nonsense on children. S is for supply chain. Uh, Biden, Joe Chaos Biden. B is for border. I is for inflation. D is for the disunity that Joe Biden is stirring. Um, e is for our energy dependence. And E no law and order. No law and order. Uh, how about that? Uh, let me see. Give me the rest. Give me the rest. What I, I got to get back to you on what that O is. I don't remember. Um, no. Oh, wait. A? No. A, a is abortion. Um, is it abortion? Well, they're trying to fire up their side over abortion. And as I said yesterday, uh-oh, somebody is totally freaking out on the street. It's okay, guys. Relax. It's not like it hasn't happened. He's across the street, and he's having a total meltdown. And now he's hassling the bus driver, it looks like. Yikes. Yikes. Ugly. Ugly stuff. Everybody seems to be losing it. Except for us, of course. The entire line. Hey, the FBI walked out one of their own. An agent, a special agent by the name of Timothy Thebolt. He's in big trouble. Uh, Wait a second. Is this guy a scapegoat? They say he was biased against Trump. And buried the Hunter Biden laptop, among other things. Uh, That sounds like a lot of people at the FBI. (laughs) Okay, McCabe, Strzok, Comey, Ray, uh, all these cats. But uh, this guy is not yet fired, but he's suspended and he's in trouble. 
we found some tape of him from a couple of years ago. This is the newly suspended FBI agent by the name of Timothy Thebolt. Now, I saw this earlier. It's it's kind of strange. Oh, my God. Oh, it just he reminds me of somebody. First of all, go ahead and play it. The FBI is charged with protecting the rights of all Americans, including their right to vote. While the responsibility to ensure a fair election process lies primarily at the state and local level, the FBI takes allegations of election-related violations of federal law seriously. The FBI investigates federal election crimes that generally fall into three categories, campaign finance crimes, voter ballot fraud, and civil rights violations. All right. Campaign finance crimes, voter fraud, and civil rights violations. Hey, you know what? None of that has to do with Facebook and the Hunter Biden laptop story. So why the hell did the FBI show up and tell him to uh, to go light on that story? Election meddling, everybody. And the guy reminds me of, I'll be right back, I'll tell you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, I'm pretty good at Twitter. I'm pretty good at Twitter. FBI. I got a new, what it stands for? Friends of Biden Incorporated. Friends of Biden Incorporated. Huh? Huh? You like that? It's making a lot of people mad on Twitter. Making a lot of people mad. Oh, how can you say that about the FBI? Well, have you been watching them for the past four, five, seven years? Huh? Did you watch them bug the uh, Trump campaign? That phony wiretap, that FISA application on Carter Page. Uh, hey, by the way, that big um, melee I saw across the street, guess who came to the rescue? Curtis! <laughs> Curtis Sliwa showed up, and so did a bunch of news cameras, and I think he brokered peace. I don't know what's going on, but Curtis was in the middle of it uh, once again. Man, Curtis, the man who does not stop. Do you remember when he got hit by a car during the campaign? When he was running for me, he got hit by a car, got right up like Superman. Kind of got a Superman thing going with that red jacket and, you know, kind of like a cape. Anyway, let me hear that crazy FBI agent again. And I'm sorry, I'm not saying, I don't know. All I know is that this guy is reported to have been favoring uh, Joe Biden and, and covering up for him. That's just a report. It's just an allegation. Who knows? He might be totally innocent. He might be the greatest FBI agent in the world. Doesn't look like that to me. And this statement he makes is actually totally fine. All right, I'm just going to get it out of the way. He reminds me a little bit of the BTK killer. <laughs> just a little bit. He looks like him. Remember BTK, Dennis Rader in Kansas? The guy looks like him just a little bit. Um, and here he goes. Letter of the law. What is the FBI responsible for? Special Agent Tim Thebolt. The FBI is charged with protecting the rights of all Americans, including their right to vote. While the responsibility to ensure a fair election process lies primarily at the state and local level, the FBI takes allegations of election-related violations of federal law seriously. The FBI investigates federal election crimes that generally fall into three categories, campaign finance crimes, voter ballot fraud, and civil rights violations. The FBI Washington Field Office works with our state and federal partners to engage with other law enforcement partners and provide resources about the FBI's role in elections. All right. How about that? Huh? Sounds great. I'm totally for that. What are they? Uh, campaign finance violations? Sure. Some of those rules are a little extreme, hard to follow, but okay. That's good. The other one, uh, voter fraud. I mean, ballot fraud. Yeah, totally. We need laws against that. We need guys looking for that crap. 
And then the other one was uh, civil rights violations. You know, you can't vote because you are a white person. You can't vote because you're Asian. You can't vote because you're black. That stuff, too. Absolutely. If that's still happening. And quite frankly, we really haven't seen that since like the 1950s or 60s. Um, But I don't know where the FBI gets off going to Facebook and saying uh, there's about to be a negative story about Hunter Biden. Uh, You shouldn't put it on your website. That's what they did. According to Mark Zuckerberg, he runs the joint. Listen to this. Cut 32. There was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York Post. Yeah, we have that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? Basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team. It was like, hey— just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with the FBI's those three steps, do they? <laughs> Why would the FBI be coming? That's called election interference. That's called election meddling. They've got (laughs) – that guy laid out three responsibilities they have, campaign finance, uh, voter ballot fraud, and civil rights. That doesn't have anything to do with so-called disinformation. What they called disinformation was just negative news for Joe Biden. Literally, that's what they – you know, negative news for Joe Biden. And that brings me to – should I go into the Christopher Ray stuff now? Let me take a call for first. Uh, Rocco in Brooklyn, yeah. Rocco. Rocco, what's up? Ah, shoot. Dino in Queens. Dino, what's up? Hey, how are you, buddy? Uh, I just want to say about the FBI. That entity, in my eyes, will never... Tell me if I'm right or wrong. They're never going to be respected again because they're just a bad bunch of people. Well, um, I don't think the FBI will be respected again. You have to have a rebranding. You have to have a, I mean, I'm sorry, you have to just totally throw out the name FBI. Think about it. Does anybody like that name? Federal Bureau of Investigation? It's like the least, we don't like those things. Uh, It's got to be called something else. They, of course, there are a couple of good people who work there. But the culture of the joint is broken, and it comes from the top, but I think it has pervaded the rank and file. Here's Christopher Wray, um, back when he was nominated, uh, promising up and down that he was going to be fair and the most repugnant idea possible is the idea that the FBI could be politicized. Here he is when he's interviewing for the job back in July of 2017. FBI Director, now FBI Director, Chris Wray, cut 31, go. If I am given the honor of leading this agency, I will never allow the FBI's work to be driven by anything other than the facts, the law, and the impartial pursuit of justice, period, full stop. I pledge to be the leader that the FBI deserves and to lead an independent bureau that will make every American proud. Hey, stop, full stop for a second. Every American proud. You serious? This is the kind of stuff you say when you desperately want the job that will bring you fame, power, prestige, and oh, by the way, your own jet. You say these things because they sound right. 
That's it. He didn't mean any of it. Keep going with this. The FBI deserves and to lead an independent bureau that will make every American proud. There's only one right way to do this job, and that is with strict independence, by the book, playing it straight, faithful to the Constitution, faithful to our laws, and faithful to the best practices of the institution. By the book and playing it straight. I want to see by the book how they could go into... uh... Mar-a-Lago. By the book, really. Show me that. By the book. <laughs> you can't do it. It can't be established. You can't be established. And then, how's this for a lack of integrity? You know, leadership is important. And demonstrating integrity is important. I saw Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, essentially, well, let's go back to his job interview. Let's see here. He's going to work so closely with the committee. Now, I can't stand Congress. But you know what? They were elected. They were elected. The system works in this way. They are our representatives. And listen to Christopher Ray promise how responsive he will be to the people. By being, you know, accountable to this committee, he's accountable to us. Back when he wanted the job, boy, oh boy, did this guy know how to suck up. Cut 33. The Bureau has never grown complacent and continues to work tirelessly every day to protect all Americans. I think the role of this committee is special with respect to the FBI, and I would do everything I could to ensure that we're being appropriately responsive and prompt uh, in dealing with with all the members of the Senate, but obviously especially this committee. I would uh, do everything in my power to try to ensure that the FBI is being not just as responsive as possible, but as prompt as possible in responding to appropriate oversight requests. Absolutely. My experience in trying to find solutions is that it's more productive for people to work together than to be pointing fingers blaming each other. Uh, and that's the approach I've tried to take to almost every problem I've tackled. And that's the approach I would want to take here in working with this committee. Working with this committee, except when a summer weekend is beckoning. So here he is on government time, which means your time, my time, where he gets the hell out of there at one thirty because he's got a vacation to go on. Oh, he did that. Yeah, this is contempt of Congress. You hear about contempt of Congress thrown around quite a bit. Here it is to their face. He's lying. He is lying. Uh, cut. Thirty four. Is there any reason we couldn't? Uh, accommodate them for 21 minutes or whatever Democrats want second rounds to? Senator, I I, uh, had had a flight that I'm supposed to be hightailing it to out of here, Um, and I had understood that we were going to be done at 1.30, so that's how we ended up where we are. Wow. So solemn. Where's that flight going? Is he going to visit a field office in Idaho? about some pending investigation? No. He's going to some stupid fishing hole in upstate New York where he's been, that he's been going to since he was 13. He was going away for the weekend on a government jet. We got to get that thing back from the FBI. Let, it, let agents use it to uh, surveil targets, whatever. But he doesn't get to fly around on that thing. He's not mature enough. He can't handle it. And listen closely to this. Charles Chuck Grassley, who, you know what? I really like this guy. He's been around for a long time, but I think he really does the right thing. And if you listen carefully, 
you'll hear a little bit of a conversation. And Grassley says, so you got some business to attend? You got, you got some other business going on? And Ray says, yeah. Okay. And he walks, he almost runs out of the room. Yeah, the men and women of the FBI, right? You'll never rest. You'll always be supporting them, huh, Chris Ray? Cut 35. Here it comes. And there he was, off and running for his weekend. Hey, uh, <laughs> rumor has it, by the way, you know why Chris Ray has that job? Because he was the defense attorney for, well, this is not a rumor. I know this part, that he was the defense attorney for Christopher, Chris Christie, Christopher Christie, another Chris, Chris, during Bridgegate. You know, when uh, Christie had those lanes closed uh, as payback to the mayor of Fort Lee, who wouldn't endorse him. Remember that? Oh, I didn't do it. Um, my longtime chief of staff did it. Didn't tell me anything. Okay, yeah, Bridgegate, Bridgegate. That's um, that's how he knows Christopher Ray. Really liked him as an attorney, I guess. And you know who didn't? Chris Christie apparently didn't have. Uh, well, didn't really like as much Ray Kelly. Ray Kelly was up for the FBI job. In fact, he spoke to the White House about it. He uh, he got a call from President Trump. Ray, what do you say? You'd be great. And I think my dad totally agreed. And they were going to have another talk, but. In walks Chris Christie. Ah, you can't have Ray Kelly. You got to get my guy, Chris Ray. And I'll. Chris Christie worked it, so he was hanging around the White House quite a bit in 2017, burnishing his fake news credentials so he could, you know, betray Trump and tattle to the fake news. I don't hold it against Trump. I give him a lot of credit for remembering Ray Kelly and his service in New York City and saying, wow. You'd be a great FBI director. Unfortunately, in D.C., you know, you got 50 other people who are going to weigh in, try to change your mind. And one of them, I believe, was Chris Christie. Anyway, Dino, um, there's a couple of FBI agents I like, but I think the culture is totally broken. Needs to be refurbished top to bottom. Do you agree? I agree. And everything you say is all money. Listen, guy, and I like you a lot. Thanks, pal. And thank you for and thank you for taking my call, Greg. Anytime. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Um, yeah. Uh-oh. This guy's making a habit of making uh, of, of calling with his critique. Should I listen? Alex from Brooklyn, is that you from the other day? Yeah, it's the same guy. What's up now? Um, okay. So first of all, you know, the left is the one are the ones that change names of organizations and buildings because they're they're very into drama. I don't think I think we have to take care of the leadership in the FBI and change some stuff over there. But the name just doesn't have to be changed. It's not a priority. Well, it's the not a priority, is- but it's a symptom. I mean, look, I uh, I don't know about that. The FBI has been so damaged. I think sometimes it's like uh, what's another what's another example? What's that company? Uh, it's like the Exxon Valdez. It's like uh, it's like Korean Airlines. They change the whole. Anyway, keep going. What else? All right, but okay. So the second thing is. You mentioned that CNN only brings up anti-Trump um, Republicans and rhinos, and that's true. But I think that CNN could say that Newsmax doesn't really have any Democrats on to defend the, the left side. Well, number and one, number one, number one, we do, actually. But number two, my show is different. 
I am very upfront that my show is um, an opinion show. I am conspicuous about that, and I say a couple of things. I do it maybe once a week, once every two weeks, just to remind everybody. I say I am a pro-Trump conservative. I like Trump. I like his policies. I like his style. And the content you are about to consume will reflect that. That is my bias. All right? I am very upfront. And, you know, people don't necessarily look to a show like mine for, well, I need to know, uh, you know, tell me what happened today. I mean, that's not what I do. I'm on 3rd Avenue and 50th Street. You're in Brooklyn. You might have just as good an idea of what happened today as I do. Uh, But, no, that's how it works, Alex. Hey, Alex, what do you do? You're always giving me pointers on how I should be running my show. What do you do? Well, I wouldn't know. I'm doing real estate, but I'm not going to go into Well, I would not know anything about real estate. I don't. I'm putting things in escrow, all that stuff. I, I have no idea. None. My wife can handle it. I have no idea. Uh, I just don't. And I've never done it. I've never done it professionally. I would never tell you how to do your job. I'm just not going to do that. I don't know. I have respect for what you do. I can't handle it. I cannot figure that stuff out. And by the way, I'm kind of terrified of having a mortgage hanging over my head. Even though I do, I just, oh, gosh. For the longest time, I wanted to buy a house outright. Just write a check and all is said and done. Now, I'm told that that's a very silly thing to do financially, but... Nevertheless, it's my dream. Um, I would think that you could afford it. Uh, writing a check outright, uh, you, uh, it depends what we're talking about, all right? I could afford a cardboard box, very much so. I could buy one of those, but no, no. All right, Alex, I think you're on my side. Sometimes I wonder. But that's okay. I got All right, I got to go. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, here we go again. Instagram, Instagram. Some hot chick on Instagram thinks they're special because they're uh, 22 and have a phone. My goodness gracious, this thing is ruining people. Absolutely ruining people. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and they know it. They know it. They got all kinds of documents. They got all kinds of studies. All psychologists, and not only is it making them feel terrible about themselves. There's that. It also is sapping the ambition, the energy. You know, you can anybody can just sit there all freaking day. It's all anybody wants to do these days is sit on a gosh darn phone and scroll. I found myself doing it. I don't like it. I I, I think I'm better than most at recognizing it as a as a threat. It's a threat to my mental health. It's a threat to my productivity. And I'm able to shut the damn thing down and put it away. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I got rid of my Apple Watch. It's always chiming and hooting and hollering and telling me to do stuff. Back to my old school great big clock. You know what they say, bigger the clock, bigger the... uh, I didn't... Somebody says that. And anyway, Instagram is the devil's workshop. It really is. So much on the internet. So much on the... You can use it for good, of course, but for bad. A lot of bad things going on there. And the worst is the notion, the lie that you too, you too, Miss Miss Tracy, Miss whatever your name, that you can be the next Kim Kardashian, right? That you will be a billionaire. Uh, you will just, uh, what, what are you going to do? Uh, be an influencer, a beauty influencer, sell products, right? Sell junk that we don't need? We need more of that? No, we need creators, we need people who can do stuff, who can repair stuff, who can fix stuff, who can build, create. We need creators, not influencers. 
and it's a great big waste of time. Who's going to be left? Who's going to be? Have you noticed that we have plateaued? We've plateaued as a damn country, as a world, as a society, as a planet. Everyone is so uh, broken up that we're not going to go to the moon. Well, maybe we'll go on Friday. Great. Great. You know what we did? You know, <laughs> what we want to do on Friday that we ha- couldn't do on Monday is, is not as impressive as what they did a week after I was born. One week after I was born, you know what happened? Apollo 8. Apollo 8. They sent astronauts around the moon. Who was the Frank Borman? Uh, Frank uh, Lovell? Jim Lovell? And another guy named Anders. Three men went all the way to the moon around it. They did not land on the moon. At first, I thought that was, well, give me a break. You went all the way there and you didn't get out? No, it's it was an amazing achievement. We had never been more than like 300 miles up in space. These guys, Actually, we had never been more than about 700 miles in space. These guys go up 250,000 miles. It was incredible what we did. We barely knew how to do it, but we pulled it off. 50 years later, we're not even doing that. 50 years later, we're sending mannequins, crash test dummies up to the moon. And I think a lot of that is... We have fewer smart people. <laughs> we have fewer and fewer smart people. A lot of the, and a lot of the smart people, the brainiacs, what are they doing? Where do the smartest people in your high school go? Do they go to technology? Uh, do they go to MIT to get a doctorate? No, they go to Goldman Sachs to make $10 million. They get themselves richer, but nobody else gets better. Does that make sense? And it's just, I am, I'm excited that we're going back to the moon Kinda. I just can't believe. Maybe it just clicked because it's 2022. 1972 is the last time we went to the moon. 50 years later. And we won't even be able to do what we did when I was born until maybe next year at the earliest. Sending people up there. And then walking on the moon at the earliest, if everything goes perfectly, that's not going to happen until 2024. And it's your fault, Instagram. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. I mean, if you use it like a photo book, like a little photo album, like it should be, uh, that's nice. But otherwise, not really. Um, Viviana in Brooklyn. Hi. Hey, Greg. I already have it. Wag uh, the dog. I just had it right there. Um, I need to know about the D. I, I, um, Disunity. All right, so you got to you got to write write it down. It's Wag Joe Chaos Biden. Wag Joe Chaos Biden. And I think I got it now. Uh, w is woke crap. Afghanistan, our loss. The G is for gas prices. Uh, Joe, justice oppressing enemies. That's wrong. The Justice Department oppressing uh, political enemies. Totally wrong. Uh, chaos. The C is for crime. The H is for Hunter. The A is for Joe Biden's terrible approval rating. O is for obscenity. S is for the supply chain. Um, B, Biden, is for no borders. I is for inflation. Uh, D is for disunity. Energy, we got none. And N, let's call it no respect. Nobody respects us around the world. Viviana, write it down. Wag Joe Chaos Biden. And thank you. Be back.
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, 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 yes. <sighs> Ooh. Ever notice that Adam Kinzinger looks like he's in fourth grade? Okay, he's just a, he's a, always going to look like that. I looked it up. I thought he was like 33. He's like 46. And uh, Kinzinger does not believe in democracy. I have it on tape. I have it on tape. It's kind of amazing. He said it out loud on a national talk show, Meet the Press. And me, only me, um, actually noticed it and turned it around and did something with it. Cut 27. He says this. He says this. Cut 27. The bottom line is the biggest threat right now to our country is democracy. (laughs) I kind of like democracy, don't you? Huh? Cut 27. One more time. Did we hear it funny? The bottom line is the biggest threat right now to our country is democracy. Um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Adam, we don't agree. My goodness gracious. I love this country. I guess you don't. Um, no, I look, he goes on to say that it's, uh, you know, all the Trump people and we're against democracy, but, uh, I think he lost his place there. I think he is so in love with the swamp and so in love with the media and so in love with the technocrats, right? And not so much the people. I've actually gotten letters from his family apologizing for him. They apologize for Adam Kinzinger. They don't like him because he doesn't represent them. You get seduced. They all get seduced. You ever see Mr. Smith goes to Washington? All right. It still applies. They all get seduced. By the money, by the opportunity, by the opportunity for themselves. It's just something happened. Must be something in the water down there. Hey, by the way, you hear that those commercials for Camp Lejeune water? If you drink the water at Camp Lejeune between like 1973 and 1986, guess who drank the water at Camp Lejeune during those years? Me uh, and my dad and my mom and my brother. We were at Camp Lejeune many, many, many times. Uh, but I'm pretty normal, right? Um, I am going to file for whatever the hell it is I might be entitled to. Uh, It's not like I live there. I was there for like two weeks at a time, two weeks here, two weeks there. My dad went back on reserve duty, but I definitely drank in the water. I swam in the pools. We used to go to the officer's club. They had this great buffet. And um, it's kind of serious. It's what they found were men were coming down with breast cancer, male breast cancer, right? How many cases of that have you seen? And it's like an un- incredibly large number of former Marines who served in Camp Lejeune were coming down with male breast cancer. I saw it on, um, I think it was 60 Minutes. They had like you know, 50 guys, and they all took off their shirts. And there it was. It was like hacked away. It was crazy. But for a long time, the, F- the, the Marine Corps, their position was, well... We can't, we don't know if this was associated with the water. We can't make that link. 
I think they kind of botched it from a public relations standpoint, but they weren't wrong. I mean, for at, at one point, it re, there was a lot of circumstantial evidence, but the science had not proved it, had not proved a link. Certainly looked that way to me, but they couldn't prove. I guess I hope they actually proved it. I remember the Marine Corps kept on saying, like, well, you know, we we can't prove this, so it's not our problem. And they got very technical. I I I, I advocated for a more emotional kind of like, look, we wish at this point this was our fault, so we could pay for it, but it's not our money, and it has not been proven yet. I can't wait for those results to come in. I certainly know these families can't wait. But we don't have the answer yet. We want the answer. And I, but anyway, uh, I guess, I, I guess they proved it. Or sometimes somebody just comes in and says, eh, go ahead and settle. I don't know exactly what happened here, but um, I would love it if those families get compensation. It does seem to me a pretty, pretty mis- unmistakable link. Hey, don't forget this. One more thing about, uh, do I want to talk about Ray? Before we get to Christopher Ray, let's go to John Fetterman, total nut job. Uh, what is he, the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania, running against the great Dr. Oz? I think Dr. Oz is a shoe in. Do not believe all these polls. They're trying to demoralize us, they're trying to depress us. Oh, and that reminds me, in a little while today, I'll have on John McLaughlin, the president's pollster. But listen to John Fetterman. Uh, is this because he has a stroke, or is he just this radical and dumb? Cut 23. And these other states that the right to vote is being suppressed, it's being curtailed, curtailed, it's being shaved off. In my own state, they are going to pass, uh, attempt to pass a, a constitutional amendment, making sure that universal voting ID for every time you vote, not just when you sign up to vote, but every time you vote, because they understand that at any given time, there's tens of thousands of Pennsylvanians who typically typically are on the uh, are on the the poor side and and are people of color that are less likely to have their ID at any one given time hmm that's coming from a white man I feel like that's um that's very condescending actually I think he's going off some myths that are trapped in his head if you want to come into an office building not just in New York City but in Harrisburg Pennsylvania or in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. What are some other hick towns in Pennsylvania? Um, Erie, Pennsylvania. Any building you pick in Pennsylvania, if more than six people work there, you might have to show your ID. If you want to write a check, if you want to do anything, you need ID. If you want to go, if you want to take a flight from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, you got to show ID at the airport, all right? What a, what a horrible thing to assume that people of color will not be able to pull that off. But somehow they'll, no. It doesn't. (laughs) One commentator said, uh, as Joe Biden would put it, according to John Fetterman, this logic, if you have ID, then you ain't black. (laughs) That's kind of what he's saying here, right? Uh, Fetterman. Uh, What do we chalk that up to anyway? Hey, what the hell does George Pataki? I love George Pataki. He's back. He was on the Bernie and Sid show. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, what else did I have to share share with you? Give me a moment. Uh, do we need a quick review? Uh, Wag Joe Chaos Biden. We're going to get to that. I want you to. I want you to know it. I can't stand the uh, the set there in Washington and beyond. The pseudo intellectuals uh, on the right, the conservatives. You know the William F. Buckley types. Rest in peace, William F. Buckley. But. The, the ones who want to make it all about them and their intellectual uh, observations. 
the same crew that told us Trump would never win. First, they told us he wouldn't run for president, right? I'm talking about the rhinos, basically, all right? The Jeb Bushes of the world and the political establishment. What did they say? They said that President Trump would not run. And then when he did run, they said he could not win the nomination. And then he wins the nomination. Then they said, maybe you'll remember, we're going to take it from him at the convention. They tried to do that. Oh, yes, they did. Covered up now. Then they said he can't beat Hillary Clinton. They even said we don't want him to beat Hillary Clinton. Then he's actually the president of the United States. Some of them said we're going to start. We're going to impeach him. We're going to we're going to we're going to stab him in the back. We're going to stab him in the front. They tried. Oh, yeah. Uh, But he for four years. They said he couldn't beat ISIS. He beat ISIS. He said that he couldn't make peace with North Korea. He made peace with North Korea. They said he could not build a wall. He built a wall. They said you cannot move our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. He moved our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Uh, They said you cannot beat China in trade. You can't try this tariff stuff. He did it. He started to beat China in trade. Uh, They said you you can't deregulate. You can't do that. He deregulated. Uh, They said you cannot do the vaccine. It'll take four years, five years minimum. He did the vaccine. You can't have uh, Mideast peace. You can't have the Abraham Accords. You can't have countries declaring peace with Israel for the first time in history. He did it. And on and on. Oh, they say you, he's not going to appoint conservative judges. He's not serious. He did. The most pro-life president in the history of the country, Donald J. Trump. And now that same set who told me all of those things and you, now they're saying, uh... He can't be the nominee again. He's got to get off the stage. He's going to screw it up for the midterms. Uh, This is very troubling what's going on there in Mar-a-Lago. These documents, the same people, they're always, don't you get it? You connect the dots here. They're always wrong, and he is always right. Now, I do agree with this. You can't talk about him all the time, all right? But you can't run from him. And show me somebody better. Show me somebody more fearless. Show me somebody who's not in it for themselves, but in it for us. And there are some guys I like. It is, quite frankly, physiologically impossible for Ted Cruz to be in it for us. What do I mean by that? He's got two little kids at home and a beautiful wife. you got to take care of your family first. It's family first. Now, with Trump, the family was taken care of, all right? Those were beautiful kids. They were all out of the house doing their own thing or working for the Trump organization. I mean, how old are they? They're like uh, late 30s to uh, 50. I think Donald Trump Jr. is like 50 years old, 48, something like that. Barack Obama, all he could do was get home for dinner. Great dad, lousy president. Uh, Ted Cruz will be thinking, if he gets elected president and he's younger than me, you know what he's going to be thinking about half the time? And it's human nature. It's really not his fault. He's going to be thinking about what the hell am I going to do when I'm done being president? How is this going to affect me for the rest of my life? I'm going to have to, when I leave the presidency, I'm probably going to be alive for another 30 years. What am I going to do with those years? Who's going to employ me? What's going to happen next to me? So I love it. One of the many things I really appreciated about Trump, billionaire, fame, fortune, had all that stuff. And it was time to give back. And that's what our founding fathers really were looking for. All right? You got that Brit Hume, and I like Ben Shapiro, but I, I these guys, they're often wrong. My batting average is much better. Much, much, much better. 
growing opposition to the loan package, $600 trillion. I heard uh, there are a lot of Democrats out there saying, you know, this money could be spent on all kinds of things that could really help people, not, not college loans. Uh, there are things, you know, people have medical bills, people have, this is a lot of money. And it looks like it's just a, they're just trying to buy votes. It's it's kind of that simple. All right. Uh, Christine, hello in Middletown. Welcome back. Hi, Greg. Um, I saw on your show something that really got me upset was um, the police officer. Uh, was it Sal Greco that got fired? Yes. Oh, that's horrible. Why are they pigeonholing him for simply being conservative? That's what that, that's, that's about. Um. Yeah, get this. There's a guy named Salvatore Greco, 14-year veteran of the police department, who was fired basically for being friends with Roger Stone and for being in front of a hotel a half mile from the Capitol on January 6th. In this atmosphere, you know, this is still America. You're still allowed to have political viewpoints. You know, Roger Stone is a character. You know, was it, at that point he had been pardoned. The NYPD is trying to get him because, oh, he's consorting with a known felon, Roger Stone. Well, then you're going to have to get rid of a lot of journalists, too. All right. Maggie Haberman calls up Roger Stone all the time. I've had dinner with Roger Stone. He's an all right guy. I know him. I know. Uh, I know. His, he's fine. He's a character. You're only going to mix it up. Hey, doesn't Eric Adams talk about all the time, all the low lowlifes that he hangs out with, from his accountant to the bum to the felon to half of his cabinet seem to be criminals, right? So um, that guy's going to be great, though. I, I I was impressed by him. I think he's going to be great. I, I think he's going to get his job back or whatever he does. It's He's going to come out ahead. Well, that's good to hear. And I love your activism, but there's only there should be one big reason to vote the Democrats out. It's how they what they are doing to the kids in school. Absolutely. That's on my list, by the way. That's the A in chaos. No, that's the O in chaos. Obscenity. And the obscenity is the children being subjected to this woke stuff, especially, you know, gender reassignment surgery. Anybody who undergoes that has got to be an adult and has got to be prepared and understand like you did, Christine, and Caitlyn Jenner and a few people like that. But to have four-year-olds doing it, it's insanity. It's worse than insanity. It's criminally insane. It is evil. Would you agree? Right? Right. All right, Christine, I got to run. I got to run. But thank you. Thanks so much. And uh, I think that cop is going to be fine. Um, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, remember when everybody would watch Johnny Carson and everybody had a frame of reference? And then for a while, everybody watched Jay Leno. Nobody watches the same thing anymore. Everybody is off in a million different directions. I already told you there's one show I'm watching, which I'm enjoying the hell out of. It's um, Suits. That was on television 11 years ago. It started in 2011, and I just I kind of knew about it, but no one's watching the same thing anymore. And I think this is kind of important. We don't have a same. We don't have a frame of reference. We don't have. Uh, you know, we're all looking in a billion different directions, and this country could very well break apart. I am worried about it very much. So, if you want to understand though, just how right, how correct. How righteous our cause is. Do me a favor. Watch 
President Trump's speech from July 4th of 2020, it is the most pro-American, most beautiful speech I think ever given by an American president. It was at Mount Rushmore. And I understand. I like his style. I like uh, the tweets. I like them. I like uh, the bombast, the insults even from time to time. I like it all. It turns some people off. But just, you know what? If you don't like him, then read the speech. Read it. Read it. You know, there are more and more people out there really uncomfortable with this woke mob and CRT and cancel culture. We have to have rules and laws that kind of ensure our freedom, ensure our freedom, not conformity. That's what it really feels like now. And he made a very bold pro-American. We're not going to. This is what it's about individualism with safeguards, of course, and a great shared heritage. You can't go around believing that America is systemically evil and flawed and racist. I mean, you can. It's a free, you're allowed to think that stuff, but it's being encouraged. You know, I see Brown University. Brown University, tonight I'm going to do this on my show, has a new art exhibit from a convicted murderer, No doubt about it. This isn't one of those innocent project deals. This guy did it. Bad, bad, bad dude. But he's also an artist, and they're putting his paintings all up around Brown University. Brown. And I know my dad went there a few years ago. He was police commissioner and uh, gave a big speech before the student union. Uh, And about 10 seconds in, they all went nuts. They all went bananas, the kids in the crowd. We want you to stop, stop, stopping and frisking people. They just went nuts. Hey, you're going to listen to us. We ain't going to have this. And uh, shouted them down and couldn't give his speech, right? But we're looking at the paintings. By the way, they're crummy. You know, I'm sorry, but not every every tragic case, not every underprivileged person has talent. All right. (laughs) Sometimes uh, the guy you hate the most, the guy who's the best looking, who went to all the right schools, who, you know, is named uh, Thurston Howell, the fifth has has the most talent. It sometimes happens that way. But our society, if you have any of that stuff, you are no, no, nobody wants anything to do with you. It's all about indigenous people and all this. It's exhausting, isn't it? It's exhausting. Hey, one thing about the... I'll skip that for now. Jeannie is on the phone. Are you in your car still? Across islands, but now I am home in Malvern, New York. Uh, uh, How's Patty McDonald? Do you know her? Of course. Yeah, of course you know Patty. She's a sweetheart. Great woman, great woman. So what's going on? All right, so, I mean, this is my opinion, of course, but, you know, when you were... Tossing it up between um, dirtbag or scumbag. I'm going to go with scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I'm going to tell you this is because there's no rules anymore, right? Are there any more rules? There's no rules for anything, Greg. No rules for driving. No rules for coming into the country. There's no rules. So I don't understand why you can't say scumbag on the radio. Well, I mean, I know you could say it. Maybe it's not appropriate. I mean, come on. There are still rules. I mean, when you... From the Cross Island to Malvern, you had to follow a whole bunch of rules. That's right. 
We are law-abiding. My husband also, U.S. Marine Corps, and uh, New York City Police Department as well. He's out longer than he was in at this point, but, you know, we always abide by the rules, but we say there's no rules anymore. It's just mind-boggling, quite honestly. It is kind of mind-boggling, but I think it's going to all snap back. Hey, I don't know if you've heard my advice about giving money, even small little you know, small little donations to uh, the candidates of your choice, but it's important. It really is. We can't just wait for Election Day. We know they play games on Election Day. I agree 100 percent. Listen, I'm going to tell you a quick little anecdote. I know you, you know, you have your podcast here or whatever, but (laughs) whatever you call this little rinky ding thing you got going, it's (laughs) whatever, whatever. Okay, keep going. I want to hear your story. So years and years ago, I said to my husband, I'm like, this country needs Donald Trump to be president. My husband's like, what are you talking? He's very politically good. I said, listen, he's a businessman. He's not a politician. I said, and that's why we need him. Bam, all of a sudden he becomes president. He's still shaking his head to this day. He's like, I can't believe he called it. I said, I told you. And it sounds like you called it even before he ran, right? Like a long time ago. Yes, yes, years before he ran. Wow. Yep, you nailed it. You nailed it. But you know what? Well done. Say hi to that Marine cop uh, husband of yours. Thank you, Jeannie. And uh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, boy. Man, people are mean on Twitter. Not against me, but against each other. Even against the Bidens. Oh, my goodness gracious. I just found an account for Haley Biden. I'm like, oh, wow, Haley Biden's following me, but it's a fake account. <laughs> this is the I, so mean. I mean, I feel like, look, I love political give and take, but this is too much. Haley Biden, and it's got a picture of her. And it says, my beloved Bo's widow and crackhead Hunter's ex. Yikes. Just too much. No, come on. Be nice. Be nice. The soul of our nation is at stake. Yeah, Joe Biden is going to speak on Thursday night, prime time, about America's soul. It sounds like it's got Jimmy Carter written all over it. Who remembers Jimmy Carter? I remember that guy. I actually remember him. I remember in second grade watching him speak, and I felt like he was angry at me personally. I, I, I really did. I felt guilty. Like, somehow I had let this guy down, and I wasn't. I was just, it was so strange. Who needed that guy? And he was weak and indecisive and strange and blew it on a, the Iranian hostages and was always having a moral crisis within, within himself and taking it out on everybody else he was, by the way. Remember, he had lust for women in his heart and... Uh, he went around making everybody feel bad about his issues. So uh, Joe Biden's going to try the same type of speech. Watch out whenever he talks about soul. Whenever he talks, he's lying, but especially when he starts talking about his soul. The soul of America was the campaign speech that he, his first campaign speech, remember? He said he was going to, it was a fight for the soul of America. And he lied in that speech. He absolutely lied. He said that Donald Trump said that neo-Nazis and white supremacists were very fine people. And he said, Trump 
specifically that that is not true, that they should be condemned totally. He wasn't talking about that when he said very fine people. When he said very fine people, he was talking about the people on both sides of the Confederate flag debate. And I know some of the woke left want to change everything and, and pretend that the country was different 10 minutes ago, but you could be a very fine person and be totally opposed to Confederate symbols because you think it evokes the era of slavery and it's uh, it's a hate symbol and all that stuff. And there is that there's validity. There is validity in that argument. There is also validity in the argument that that's part of American history and must be preserved because if you forget history, you'll repeat it. Right. I mean, it's part of our history, whatever. So that you can be on both sides of that issue, pals. You really can. <laughs> and uh, I mean, like you can be a fine person and, 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 and be against those flags or be for them. But if you're a white supremacy skinhead weirdo, uh, yeah, he wasn't talking about you, Trump. And we know that. Oh, and now they're trying to make the Civil War an issue. Oh, we're on the verge of a Civil War. No, we're not. Who the hell would we? What? How, that, how would that even work? It's not even regional when you look at it, right? It's not a regional thing. I mean, I mean, Idaho, pretty red state, borders California, right? I mean, it's just nonsense. But on this whole thing with the Civil War, who knows about Doug, what's his name, Mastriano? What is his name? Mastriano, the guy who's running for governor in Pennsylvania? I don't know too much about him, but I do know this. The fake news hates him. And, of course, they are cutting corners going after him. So Doug Mastriano was an officer in the Army for many years. And he worked at the Army War College for a while. And uh, guess what happened? When I was in the military as well, Civil War reenactments, battle reenactments, World War II reenactments happened all the time. I actually went to Gettysburg as a second lieutenant in the Marine Corps, and we studied the hills and the valleys and the, all that stuff and talked about the weaponry they had and how we, now we didn't get dressed up in the suits, the North and the South and all that stuff. But some people do. And you know what? They're very fine people on both sides, literally. But it being 2022 and uh, cancel culture and all that stuff, look at what they're trying to do to Doug Mastriano, who went to uh, Gettysburg and wore a uh, Confederate outfit back in 2014. Cut 36, please. Republican candidate for governor in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano, got caught with his extremism showing, this time mugging in a Confederate uniform. We are not making this up. The Trump-endorsed state senator is facing backlash again, this time for a newly uncovered photo obtained by Reuters. It's a photo of him posing in a Confederate uniform while working at the Army War College in 2014. All right. What they don't mention is the guy standing right next to a Marine Corps officer and an Army officer and an Air Force officer. It was part of the curriculum. And guess what happens during these Civil War reenactments? Uh, the South loses. <laughs> Okay, especially at Gettysburg. The South loses. It's not a celebration of slavery or anything like that. And, uh, hey, hey, I had to break it to everybody and Nicole and others on the left. Your beloved Martin Sheen, who's something of a lefty, I think, um, he played General Robert E. Lee. He was the Confederate guy, wasn't he? He was the top dude. And uh, Martin Sheen put on his uh, put on a suit and, uh, and grew a beard and played. I mean, is that extreme behavior? Is that extremist? Um, this is extremist, though. Barnard College, 
Barnard College. What the hell is that, by the way? It's the female offshoot of Columbia University. Do we really need all female schools anymore or male? I I, I don't care. Um, But it's an elite school. And look at this. Listen to this video they put out. And this video, this little, it's like from the School of Women's Studies. They have farmed this video out to public schools all over the country. And they're listening to this propaganda. Cut 37. Armed police presence often escalates rather than reduces the risk of violence in a situation. Because police have been trained to see people of color, gender nonconforming folks, and Muslims as criminals, they often treat victims as perpetrators of violence. So if the victim hasn't asked you to call the police, do not, I repeat, do not call the police. Do not call the police. Why? Why, she says? She says, because police have been trained to view Muslims as criminals, people of color as criminals, and gender nonconforming people, folk, I think she said, as criminals. Just, it's like a cartoon. It's like cartoon. It's like a comic book. It's, this is, um, what they have no respect for, for police, I guess, really, and for, for anybody who does not look like them. It's a gender nonconforming individual who made that tape. Hey, speaking of a total lack of respect, total lack of respect. Listen to what Joe Biden says about all of us, right? Cut 43. MAG Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace, embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy. We must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are destroying America. Yeah, isn't that sad? A man whose whole soul was in unifying this country. He didn't say even ultra-MAGA. He didn't say extreme. He just said MAGA and Republicans. Half of this country. Half of this country. I mean, Hillary Clinton, at least with her, she said half of the supporters were deplorables remember so it's like one quarter of the country but when hillary said it she was rightly condemned by the left and the right this was a huge huge gaffe and horrible mistake and was universally recognized as such got 42 you could put half of trump supporters into what i call the basket of deplorables (laughs) right The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. Hmm. Uh, cute, huh? That kind of blew it for her. One of the many, many mistakes that she made. Uh, and she was kind of tortured for it. And now look at what the fake news does with Joe Biden's horrendously um, divisive comments. Horrendously divisive. Cut. I mean, because Hillary was a bit more offhand and it was at a fundraiser this is a formal speech he wanted people to hear what he said listen to how they treat it listen to how the fake news treats it they first of all they kind of like pump it up with a little bit of music like yeah joe biden's on a roll cut 44 we must be stronger more determined and more committed to saving america than the MAGA republicans are destroying america 
President Biden kicking off his midterm campaign, went on to call the Republican Party semi-fascist. Let's talk about this on our roundtable, joined by Chris Christie, our chief White House correspondent, Cecilia Vega, our chief Washington correspondent, John Carl, and former Democratic senator from North Dakota, Heidi Heitkamp. And Chris, let me begin with you. We saw the president's not shying away from the midterms, even though a lot of Democrats don't want to be campaigning with him this fall. And he's determined to make this election a choice, not a referendum. Sure. If, if I were him, I would want it to be a referendum either. And it's just that. It's just a light political conversation on a Sunday about one of the most divisive, ugliest things a president has ever said. It's just like, ho-hum. Yeah, we're off to the campaign. By the way, doesn't George Stephanopoulos speak incredibly fast? I find it very hard to understand him. He speaks so fast. And the other one, uh, Chuck Todd, he mumbles. He mumbles. But then again, I don't want to dwell on these shows because apparently I'm the only one who watches them. Ron in Nassau County. Where in Nassau County? Fine County. Where? Where? Hi, I'm over in Rockville Center. Um, What can I do for you? So, um, you know, after hearing that speech, um, a couple of, of us about uh, the president speaking and calling people fascists uh, to some degree. So we all got together, and I know you said that emails don't work nearly as effectively, but at least we did set out and, and send the president emails saying that we expect an apology of all the things that we do as individuals uh, to donate, volunteer, uh, give our blood, and in some cases, uh, our lives for this country, and to be called in general a fascist. I said everyone should should send him an email that says, I expect an apology directly to us, to me, individually. I mean, that that's calling me and my family something that is less and without provocation. And I think if everyone did that, he should be ashamed of himself and at least hold back on, on these comments he makes because it, it helps the other side feel like they're legitimate and that we are just uh, on, on one side of an argument illegitimate when the president himself says these things. You know what? I like the idea of demanding an apology. I do. And because that that dessert, that, it was so unbelievably offensive to you, to me, to millions how dare he? How dare he? And you know, you're right. I don't want this to just kind of float away like every other silly thing this guy says. This is too egregious. This is too serious. Tonight, I shall demand an apology on behalf of all of my fellow ultra MAGA uh, people. And not even ultra. You can just be MAGA. Ron, it's a great idea, and I'm going to do something with it, okay? Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You, you got it. You got it. Let me know if you get an email back. Uh, Maureen, hello, and Patterson, yes. Yes, that would be me. Yes, indeed. Uh, Greg, I love you. I pray for you every day. And I think that scumbag and dirtbag are a little coarse. I think if you say jackass. I don't care for that. I don't care for, I don't care for that word. I don't care for that. I don't care for that. No, I don't like that. Don't say it again. Makes me very uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I prefer scumbag or dirtbag or anything like that, but I do not like the J word. Well, it was in the Bible. Look, you just wrote a jackass. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to have to cut you off, Maureen. It's making me very uncomfortable. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I hope you have 
No, I'm only kidding. Why would jackass make me uncomfortable? I just, I mean, it's fine. No, I just, you're right. No, I'm being a bit. I, uh, yeah, look, I, you're right. I'm not going to say, uh, I'm not going to say the S word or the D word anymore. I'll find something else. He is, he's a broken man and he's being manipulated. I do think a guy named, um, oh, what's his name? He writes for the Wall Street Journal, uh, Hendricks, uh, Hempful. He said that Joe Biden is being manipulated, you know, like, you know, when those horrible um, uh, telemarketers, you know, and they exploit the elderly. There's a reason why they do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they can they're they're more vulnerable. And maybe he's being lied to and manipulated by Ron Klain and Susan Rice and Barack Obama, you know, and they're telling him ghost stories about MAGA Republicans and he's believing them. That's a real yeah. possibility, by the way. That's a real thing that could be happening. I wouldn't put it past him. And that and doesn't you know let what? he's not all together. Yeah, we all know that. And it doesn't let Joe off the hook, by the way. But no, it, it doesn't. It shouldn't let him off. All the right, hook. but you're right. I'm gonna I'm gonna ease up on the S word and the D word, and jackass. <laughs> uh, well, green. It's not my cup of tea, but it is a. It's totally. It's totally within bounds. Maureen, thank you. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We are back. Lots of depressing polls out there trying to demoralize you. More importantly, trying to demoralize the big donors, trying to get them to uh, not call in, uh, not not write checks. Do not believe their hype. Do not believe it. Hey, do we have John McLaughlin yet? John McLaughlin, the president's pollster. One of the smartest men in all of politics, the CEO of McLaughlin Associates, uh, along with his brother, Jim. John McLaughlin, thanks for being with us. How's it going? It's a pleasure to be with you again, Greg. And uh, uh, things are going well. I love Joe Biden. Like I said to you on the show, on your TV show last night, he's doing great things for Republican bolsters. <laughs> okay. All right. For for a moment there, I thought I was going to have to hang up on you. Like I, <laughs> No, wait a second. Wait a second. Now, Good can, for our economy. Can you tell us, please— um, what is going on with these polls that seem to show that Republicans might even be at a disadvantage and the psychological game that's being played right now by the fake news? What is their what is their intent? Well, well, their intent is to dry up money that would be donated to Republicans to beat Democrats, whether it's nationally for the House of Representatives or the Senate. So you'll see like we just put out a national survey where. Okay, last month we had the Republicans up 48-43 in the generic vote for Congress. This month it's tied, 45-45. Well, the Democrats have been jamming their agenda through, and the Republicans allowed Biden to stay on vacation, and the, you know they haven't really stopped the Democrats from spending. So ironically, in the same national poll of 1,000 likely voters, that's on our website on McLaughlinOnline.com, uh, tr- Trump is leading Biden 49-45. to 45. And uh, Joe Biden has a 55 percent disapproval rating and 67 percent of the voters think that uh, the country's on the wrong track. Well, the Republicans over the last month haven't been aggressive enough to stop the Democrats. So the Democrats will put out a poll like The Economist, YouGov, puts out a poll saying the the Democrats are ahead uh, by five or six points. Well, in their poll, when you look at the internals, when you open up the hood and look at, look at what's going on in the engine of that poll, they only have 27% Republicans. 
Well, on election day of 2020, we were 36 percent in the media exit polls, and the Democrats were only 37 percent. In 2018, which wasn't as good a year for Republicans, we were 33 percent of the, of the electorate in the media exit polls, and the Democrats were 36. But in these polls, because the Republicans are getting 90 over 90 percent of their vote. Generically, if you lower the number of Republicans and you poll adults or you poll registered voters and not likely voters, um, and you lower a point Republicans on party affiliation down to 27, you've just lowered the Republicans nine points below their 2020 turnout. And that's why you have Democrats ahead. And they do that, for example, like, I don't know, sometimes they just make it up. Like in New York State, there was a, there was a poll for Survey USA that this outfit do does it all online. I don't know how they do it, but they had Zeldin right before the primary on June 28th, only winning the primary by two points. We won by 21. Our polling had us at 21% of primary voters that we were going to win. That's what Lee won by. But, you know, they manufacture a poll that says he's losing, you know, by 24 points. And, you know, if, if their polling track record is consistent, Lee's probably within five. Our last published poll had us uh, within eight of Kathy Hochul, but Hochul's wow. people then push it around to dry up Zeldin's fundraising because what the worst thing they're afraid of is if Zeldin has the money, he can beat her. And people are waking up around Labor Day. I mean, they're seeing crime stories every day. They're seeing that Ray Kelly endorsed Lee Zeldin for, for governor. Um, then uh, uh, all of a sudden people may say, I'm going to give him money because we need to have him win so he can repeal cashless bail and fire Alvin Bragg. So uh, it's a Democrat play where the only people who pay attention to these polls like right now are donors. The voters, they, they get an idea how they're going to vote. You know, you go to the supermarket every day, you buy gas, you're going to vote Republican. Um, you, you walk out on the streets or you don't feel safe in the subways, you're going to vote Republican. So yeah. the Democrats are trying to stop them from getting the money they need to win. All right. You're, you're encouraging me. I feel a lot better. Hey, when you say the Republicans are not like, you know, Beating the drum enough, uh, you know, Biden goes on vacation, they just kind of sit there and they don't seem to be taking him on. Just explain that to me. Who is not taking him on? I feel like maybe because I'm shooting my mouth off all the time. I I don't notice that not everybody is doing the same thing. You know, Mitch McConnell's been all kind of going, oh, oh, and, 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 and Kevin, whatever name, McCarthy seems more interested in selling cars or whatever it is he does back in California. I mean... Is, am I right? Is it those guys who should be tougher and aren't, or who, who's not fighting hard enough? Well, I think you're right, plus the Republican candidates. We've just come through the primary season. For example, in New York State, uh, there's nine out of the 26 contested congressional races, there's nine that are ranked as, like, really important races. So people are now just starting to pay attention. So the candidates will go after – the Republican candidates need to go after Biden on – How's he going to pay for the student loan forgiveness? Yeah. How's he paying for the $740 billion of health care, climate change, whatever? Uh, you know, the CBO, after they voted for it, the, the Democrats jammed it through. The CBO says it's going to be $20 billion on taxes on middle-class taxpayers. It's crazy. And it's crazy. Hey, what? 87,000 IRS agents. Who's paying for that? Can I ask you this? I mean, uh -huh. all my life, the primary was after September. And the general was in November. Now, I we had primaries on the last day of school in June. We had them all throughout July and August. To me, this is a very 
um, sinister, cynical effort to reduce voter turnout. I looked it up. A lot of these contests, almost all of them, used to have fall primaries. Now they're all in the summer. Have you noticed that? And is it as, uh, as you know, tricky as I think it is? Well, it becomes tricky because the ones at the end of June they had to do because they didn't have time to send out the absentee ballots to military. I see. The one well, in August was because they tried to rig the redistricting process. Those sons of so they they are snakes. Hey, McLaughlin Online, right? McLaughlinOnline.com? Correct. It's great. Thank you, Greg. You bet. Great, great stuff. McLaughlinOnline.com. And if you need the public you need a poll, he's the guy to talk to. You can get the president's pollster working for you. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you tonight at Newsmax on Newsmax at 10.